Let us take a moment to pray before we think about God's Word. Come, Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to us. Come, Holy Spirit, teach us the way of Jesus, that we might walk in his footsteps. Come, Holy Spirit, with power and presence, here and at home. Come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Today marks two years since I was inducted as your minister here in Brighton's Parish Church. And from my perspective at least, I think it's been a, a pretty good two years in many ways. I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you and serving alongside you as we seek to fulfill our purpose of inviting, encouraging and enabling all ages to follow Jesus Christ. But who could have imagined these last two years? Who could have imagined what was on the horizon? I think it was the very first Sunday that I preached a week or so after I was inducted that I brought along this box. I wonder if you remember it. On that day, we spoke about the various labels that we might use to describe Jesus. Labels that would describe what he's like and his character. And our boys and girls got involved in that and helped decorate the box with their own ideas as well. But the key point of the box was that we all put Jesus in a box. We all think we know Jesus. We think we know what he's like. But often our understanding of Jesus and so how we relate to him puts him in a box. It confines Jesus maybe in ways that are not true to who he is or, or what he's like. More often than not, I think, our mental picture of Jesus or our assumptions and expectations of Jesus, I think they're based more often on popular ideas in our surrounding culture than on the truth as found in Scripture. And in part, maybe that's another encouragement to get involved in our New Testament reading plan this year, that we might all get to know a bit more of the real Jesus. In our passage today, Paul went, wants to help the Philippians get to know the real Jesus. This portion follows on from what we covered last week, so there's going to be echoes of that today. We saw last Sunday that Paul wrote, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And then he went on to explain that part of being worthy is having unity and having trust. And he based his argument on what we as Christians have already received from Jesus and who we are in him as people who are in Christ. Today, Paul continues his theme, but with a different argument. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Paul is going to get us to focus in now on the person of Jesus, helping these dear Christians grasp more of the real Jesus so that they might share, they might emulate his mindset in their relationships with one another. Now, Paul is writing in a time 
and a culture where the popular understanding of the gods was that these beings held great privilege, great power and glory, and they exercised this for their own agenda and their own reputation. We see this in many of the gods and goddesses of Greek mythology, the power and privilege they held, used in whatever manner they wished, and often to the detriment of humanity. That was the the common understanding, the common assumption of what it meant to be divine. And yet Paul writes something else. Into that culture, into that popular understanding, Paul says, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Notice, first of all, that that Paul is saying that Jesus is God, that Jesus is much more than a prophet, a good man, or a fine example, even simply an idea. We do live in a time and culture where many people today think that it's okay to box Jesus into one of these categories, to think that he is just a mere man or was a cute religious sage. But the testimony of the church, the teaching of Scripture is that Jesus is God. He alone is God and has always been God. Yet, as God, he wouldn't allow himself to be boxed into that popular understanding of the time. And he just showed his divinity in a way that was completely opposite to everything expected. Paul says, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. His rank, his privilege, his rights as God would have allowed, should have ensured that he would dominate his creation, that he would get these creatures who had rejected him and messed up his world sorted out through power and privilege. But Jesus chose a different way. He chose not to exploit, not to keep hold of what was truly and rightly his, and instead he made that different choice. A choice to display his divinity in a truly unexpected and quite honestly an offensive manner for his time. For Paul goes on, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus made himself nothing. He humbled himself. Jesus chose, he willingly chose that that different path. He chose the way of humble service and self-giving obedience. He chose to show his divinity, not in power and privilege, but with shame and weakness. Jesus did this by becoming a man. He took on human likeness. And then as a man, he obeyed his Father's will such that he chose to die. And to die the worst of deaths, death by crucifixion, the most vilified of ways to die. Now, as we begin to think about this, I want to unpack a few things for us. First of all, in our translation today, it says that Jesus made himself nothing. 
Yet, you'll see in other translations that it speaks of Jesus emptying himself. himself. Technically, emptying is a, a more technical translation of the Greek words, but it has led to some wrong thinking about this passage. People have misunderstood this literal phrase to mean that Jesus emptied himself of divine power or other divine attributes. But the Greek word is used throughout the New Testament in metaphorical ways, speaking figuratively about emptying, where something is deprived of its proper place or use. So, so what you see here in the newer NIV translation is that it paraphrases it just very slightly so that we don't make that wrong assumption and can then get to the heart of the issue. Jesus is God. He remained God entirely. And as God, he surrendered his rights and privileges. He did not empty himself in any other way. But let's grasp what this means. The God of all creation chose for the sake of the world to give up glory and find, follow, walk in the way of sacrifice, the way of self-giving love. I think we probably take that for granted. Many of us have heard it for so long, we kind of think, well, that's just the way it should be. Of course God should behave in that way. But I wonder if you would sacrifice yourself in such a way. For example, would you give yourself for someone on death row? Would you give your child for someone on death row? Or another example, would you give up security, comfort, peace, and allow, say, a, a far-right fundamentalist group to govern our nation and so rule over your life? Because in becoming a man, Jesus gave up security and comfort. And then he allowed humanity to put him to death. A humanity who were rejecting God. A humanity who should have been judged by God rather than judging God. What is more, as I say, this very God, Jesus Christ, chose death. Death had no power over Jesus because he's God, so he's immortal. Yet he subjected his immortality to death, holding nothing back, giving everything for love of you and love of me. Jesus said, The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. And why did he do it? Again, Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. In love for us, God gave himself to die in our place. He didn't have to. He might have simply conformed to the popular understanding of the day. But for our sake, he did not consider his position, his rights or privilege to be for his own sake, his own agenda, for his own benefit or safety. Rather, he humbled himself and loved us unto death. 
This is the mindset of Jesus. And Paul calls us to adopt, to grow in this same mindset as people who claim to follow Jesus. As I reflect on this, I've been struck by recent news and conversations that there are churches and Christian organisations who are seeking in the Scottish courts to have the right to keep worshipping in their building amidst the most recent uh, developments in a pandemic and the new restrictions. They are pushing back against the Scottish government's um, decisions at this time. And I've read their supporting arguments and can understand what they are saying. Yet, in light of today, I do have to question whether their undertaking, whether their appeal to a whole range of motives is in line with the Savior we're called to follow and emulate. He gave up his rights. He gave up his agenda for others. So, this is my way of saying I doubt you'll be seeing my name added to any such appeal. But let's also get personal about this and not simply critique the choices of others. What about us? What about us? We're called to love, to be humble to be united and to give ourselves for the other as Paul has taught last week and this week. Is this our mindset? Is it your mindset? Do people see humility and compassion in us? Is being being part of church, for example, about what you can get? Or have you yet found a way to give, to love and serve others? For example... Maybe this could be through your pastoral grouping. You know, it doesn't all have to depend on your elder. You could say to your elder, let me help. Who are the people in my pastoral grouping? Can I love them some way, somehow? Let's be church and family together. Maybe it's joining in with the Thursday evening live prayer at quarter past eight for 35 minutes and praying for the needs of others. Maybe it's getting your family, your children, your grandchildren involved in the intergenerational pen pals idea that is being run by our Sunday school teams and pastoral care team. Maybe it's offering your abilities and gifts and getting involved. For example, our boys' brigade sections, they need more volunteers just now. And it's really hard to find folks to step up and get involved. But maybe... You could, because we're all called to follow the example of Jesus. And rather than hold on to our stuff, my time, my gifts, my agenda, what I want to do, we're called to give our lives away for others. And so, if you want to know about any of these ideas, or if you've got ideas yourself, then please just get in touch with me or with your elder. Yet not only are we called to follow the example of Jesus, we're also called to worship Jesus because of his example. Paul goes on to say, Therefore God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, 
in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day every knee will rightly bow in worship to Jesus. We'll all come to see that he is Lord, the Lord. And that's the name which Paul speaks of. Jesus was the name given at his birth. Yet the name, the, the title of Lord was given after his death, his resurrection and then ascension to heaven. That name, Lord, confirms Jesus as God of all creation. But it was received by Jesus, not by right or seizure, but given to him in response to his humiliation and self-giving love. I wonder, friends, have you yet chosen to bow the knee in worship of Jesus? Can you see in his coming as a human being and then his death on the cross, can you see the depth of his love for you? Can you see his wonder that he would give up glory for you? Can you see how worthy he is of worship and adoration? Friends, are you giving him that yet? Are you giving him your worship? Have you bent the knee to him in your own life? Now, I don't mean, are you just coming to church? Are you switching on the TV? How we worship Jesus is seen in how we live, in the choices we make, and in whether we are committed to him, trusting him, come what may. Friends, please don't let your hearts stay hard or distanced or cold towards Jesus. Let the box you have him in be changed. Let it be blown apart even by how he has revealed himself. This is the real Jesus. And he truly loved you to the point of death. And so let me ask, do you know him? Are you following him? Have you bent the knee to Jesus? And will you let him reign in your life such that his love might be seen in you and through you to others? To do that, we can't do it on our own strength. And we need to make the choice. He's not going to force this on us. And so I want to give once more an opportunity this week in prayer for us to come before Jesus and ask him for his help and give him space to reign in our lives. Maybe that'll be for the first time. Maybe you need to choose for the first time to let Jesus into your life. But maybe it's the hundredth time, maybe the thousandth time. And maybe you've been walking away from Jesus. Maybe your heart's a bit cold towards him, a bit hard. And that might be for any number of reasons. Maybe you need to let him in afresh. But wherever we are, whatever our choice today, if we are saying we are followers of Jesus, he calls us to this, but we can't do it on our own strength. And so I'll also pray for us to be filled afresh with the Spirit, that we might show the love of Jesus and know the love of Jesus for ourselves as well. So let us pray.
Lord Jesus, we, we see in your life and in your death such a powerful example, such true love. And we are not worthy of it, Lord. And yet you still gave it for love of us because you, you thought we were worth it. You gave yourself. And Lord, in light of that love, we want to bow the knee today. Maybe there's some who want to bow the knee for the first time and, and welcome Jesus into your life. So pray along with me now. Pray it out loud if you can. Lord Jesus, I don't deserve your love, but thank you for loving me to death. Please forgive me. Forgive me for the wrong choices in my life. You might want to name a few things in the stillness just now. Lord, I turn from these and I open up my, myself, my heart, my life to you. Thank you for your offer of forgiveness. I receive that forgiveness now and ask for your spirit to fill me. Please come into my life and lead me in your ways. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Maybe for the rest of us, we need to choose afresh to bow the knee. You might even be so bold as maybe just to get down at home on your knee and welcome him into your life. But if that's not possible, or not for you yet, maybe even just hold out your hands as a physical way of, of welcome. Lord Jesus, come into our lives afresh. We bend the knee. Help us to give up our agenda, to pursue your agenda, to love God and love neighbor, to make you known and to follow in your ways. Oh Lord, forgive us and show us how we should follow after you. Lord, we want to be a, a shining beacon of light for you in our community and in our time. But how, how unable we are to do that on our own strength, Lord. Every day we're faced with with temptations to go other ways and, and if it was for anything but your spirit we, we, would, we would choose those and we often do choose those we turn a deaf ear to the spirit so we ask for a fresh filling of your spirit now come and fill us afresh come give us power to choose your way over the ways we would normally choose Lord I pray too, by your Spirit, you would give us a fresh understanding of your love, that this would be more than words on a page, that your love would be poured out into our hearts by the Spirit, that your love would be so real and tangible that it would overflow from us into others, into the lives of others and into the life of our community. Thank you, Lord 
for the gift of your Spirit. We offer ourselves in your service and for your glory. Amen. If you made a choice today to welcome Jesus into your life for the first time, please do get in touch. It's really important to share that so that we can journey with you. And if you were to be praying, particularly to recommit yourselves, you might also want to get in touch with me, that we might journey with you and support you, whatever you might have been facing and continue to face.